0: Hey, welcome back to the EdUp Esports Podcast, where we talk about the streamers, the content creators, educators, and the people that are making a difference in the space today. And I know it's been a while. It's been a little while. I went to Kansas. I came back. It's been a lot of stuff happening within the family, all good stuff. And you know, some stuff that, uh, well, I mean, life has a way of throwing you curveballs. But this time, however... We will be making a slight change to how the podcast is structured. We're still going to bring in the people. We're still going to talk about esports, maybe dive into a little bit more specifically marketing and include esports marketing in there. We're going to go ahead and talk back, circle back into journalism. But I specifically, I want to be discussing, I will be discussing my thoughts on esports in higher education, as well as its impact on students, administrators, and of course, education itself. And this will be a one on one from me to you, and I hope you enjoy what I have to say. I do want to leave you all with a disclaimer that these thoughts are my own personal opinions, and the experiences shared here are those that I have gathered through conversations with my mentors, clients, and passionate students throughout my years in higher ed. With that being said, let's get started. So I want to start off the first episode of my thoughts with the, well, what I believe is the heart of collegiate esports, which is, of course, coaching. So there is no program out there that can establish itself without the idea of a coach or without the idea of their eSports students receiving some type of coaching. For those of you with little to no experience starting off as the first inaugural head coach of an institution or taking the place of someone that has moved on to another stage of their eSports career, I'm here to tell you not to get discouraged and do not come in feeling overwhelmed because that is a recipe for disaster. So regardless, if you have experience in eSports, or experience in coaching prior to the position in higher ed, it's important to know that higher ed is another beast if you're not used to it. And it's important that you come in with an open mind and be ready to be guided through the process of understanding the bureaucracy, the deadlines, and, you know, kind of understand that there's much for you to learn. And, And this is for those people that don't really have a grasp on what higher ed actually does, how it works, and its function as a business. Yet again, coaching in itself requires the person to be adaptable, They need to be able to learn and utilize their people skills, and they need to be able to understand and gauge the strengths and weaknesses of the players, student workers, and potentially the other advisory members that make up part of their team. You will never be perfect. So don't even, I mean, you just won't. Everyone makes mistakes. But it isn't about that, right? The idea of coaching in higher ed esports is to be able to make the members of your program. And this is, again, this is my opinion. It's to make the members of your program feel like they're part of a community, right? You want to engage them, provide a framework on how they can approach their future games as, you know, and as, as well as their work as professionals that will soon join the workforce and inspire, motivate and start contributing to society in a greater sense. I'll be breaking down these segments into pieces, right? These thoughts, these kind of like little small five, 10 minute podcast into pieces. There's just so much to tell. And I would love to invite other coaches to share their experiences, as well as some of the situations they have encountered while working in higher ed. And I laugh because some of these are really funny. So all of the listeners out there, as well as those students eager to get their degree and become a future eSports coach, all kind of start to get an idea of what you can expect when walking into an eSports arena in a local college or one of those big state universities. So all you coaches listening in, get in touch with me and let's have some discussions about what's happening in the space. I'll kind of post down there in the link wherever i post this and obviously at the end of the podcast i'll let you all know what my social media is things like that if you want to just get in touch with me it will be awesome to connect so this specific segment i'm going to call the initiation right which to me is when the coach is finally hired right No, no no hold on hold on, relax so some higher ed administrators are listening to this and they're like wait wait, wait. we want to know about logistics right we want to know about like how do we deal with the money how do we get initial capital things like that and you know what or, or better yet what should happen before the coach is even hired buying the equipment building the facility and all that other good stuff and uh, you know we'll, we'll most likely cover that in another podcast and i'll be sure to have some of my good friends in here to tell you about the funny stories they had when they helped schools and or built up programs in institutions from the ground up because there's some really funny stuff right so for now we're just going to stick with what we're, we're talking about here and we will begin to speak about what what should happen give or take or happen when the coach is hired right so I'm going to go with an assumption here, right? And um, let's say you're not hiring someone with great, great experience, right? This is like an entry level position. We're looking at that thirty-two to like $45,000 range. So we're going to go with the assumption that the coach you hired is perhaps someone you feel is a good fit and perhaps has a little to no experience working in higher ed, right? However, I would suggest that it would be kind of nice to hire someone that preferably has to some degree... A level of experience in esports, specifically, whether that's as a player or you know, content creator, anything that has to do with just understanding esports to a degree. This is, I think, very important because for community engagement, you kinda of need someone that kind of speaks that language. So with that being said, it's important to understand. And I I kind of think this is I know this is my opinion, but at the same time, I still believe esports in higher ed is rather underground. And I'm using quotation marks when I say underground because When I say on the ground, it's still kind of like there's no... I mean, whether it's run by student affairs or by athletics, there isn't really a set way to build the program. You should, however, as a new employee, and I'm talking about the coach in this next phrase, you got to be ready to learn and execute on some of your main duties, right? Which would be aiding the marketing department and promoting the program, recruiting students to the program, and of course, continuing to educate yourself on esports and anything that can help you get an edge in your new position. So I would like to state that as you work your job, Day in and day out, you should keep a log, right? So, again, this is simply a suggestion, but there's a reason why I tell you this, right? And I'm going to tell you right now. The log is to jot down most, if not all, of the important things you do throughout your day, such as contacts with students, full spoken to, whether it's for outreach or for creating pipelines, for recruitment, of course, companies that you have constructive conversations with, right? And this is really just for sponsorship, for kind of like event engagement, and many other administrative tests you do on, on the daily, right? What's managing rosters, scheduling practices, scrimmages, etc., etc. The reason why I tell you this is because a long time ago, a good mentor of mine, and you you all probably know him, Mike Moog Aguiar, pretty, pretty big, had a TED Talk, awesome dude. Get in touch with him, he's awesome, just a pool of knowledge, right? He explained to me the difficulties of higher education and how it is rather difficult for traditional higher education administrators to understand what success looks like in the eSports space, right? And I guarantee you that this log will keep your boss happy as you submit it, whether it's bi-weekly or monthly for your own records. And should there ever be any conversation about what is it exactly that you do while sitting down in your office, and this is gonna happen, right? Because no one really knows, it's it's like, oh, what do they do? Just kind of sit down and like schedule games and practices like any other coach. eSports programs are usually like little mini athletic departments or like just a department that has a bunch of things happening within them, but we'll probably get into that in, in, in a completely different segment, right? So, well, I mean, now you'll have that log, right? So you keep a free record, submit it, and you kind of do it with what you feel like you should do with it just to make sure that you you kind of cover your butt. So another thing you will do is you, you, you'll you get to know the key offices, right? And every, and every school is completely different, right? So some of these, in my experience, have really just been the marketing department, the admissions, financial aid, and the business office, sometimes called the controller's office. And again, this also goes without saying that you should be informed about the main office that you work for, should that be student affairs or athletics. Now, this is assuming that the program is housed within those departments and, you know, some schools out there, they might decide to do something differently. And, you know, we have to see that as eSports as develops in higher ed. So knowing these departments and how they function, right, in terms of speed, their processes, and of course, the culture, right, this will help better guide your prospects and their parents towards successfully completing their application and potentially receiving an eSports scholarship should your institution be offering one right now. You, you would laugh at the numerous times that I'll sit down and tell you that I've heard of students choosing not to go to an institution because of all the, whether it's all the paperwork took too long or they got confused along the way. And you're probably thinking, well, isn't that like the student's responsibility? I don't they like adults not. Well, well, yes, yes. But remember, these programs are new and, you need to retain students. You need to engage students and bring in students to the campus to prove that the program can be sustainable. So it, I have this philosophy and it's really just for me and it's make it easy for students to get into your program. Do not make it hard. You can summarize this in a business sense by saying make it easy for people to give you their money. Don't make your questionnaires long. Don't have a ridiculous recruitment process. Make sure you understand all these things. And why should you understand all these things about these different offices? Well, If you want to make it easy for your students to get into the program, be ready to explain and talk to the parents about what an esports program entails, right? Mainly, you should have enough knowledge about the process to be able to step in, should you need to, right? As in, the initial coach or an inaugural coach or a coach that's building up a program, you need to wear, you're going to wear a lot of hats. Not, Not that you need to, you're going to wear a lot of hats. You're probably going to stay an extra hour or two or three hours. Every day, you're not going to work an eight to five. You're going to work an eight to nine or eight to eight. This is very normal for many. You can ask anyone out there. They've worked longer hours, maybe even gotten home to work on graphics or schedules or things like that. There's so much to do, especially within the first year of an Eastwoods program. So again, make it easy for students to get into your program. Do not make it hard, right? You're going to take this with you home because I'm going to say it a couple of times. Be ready to explain, talk to the parents. Now, this is up to you, right? You want your program to be student-centric. And when I say this is up to you, I'm talking about when you talk to the parents and when you're ready to explain to them what what is eSports, because many parents, when they find out that they're going to be playing video games, they're kind of like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want Johnny to go to uh, university and play video games. That, that's weird, because you remember, these, these are very traditionally rooted people that, that just they just don't see video games as a way out. Right. So we have to understand and find our own way to, to reach the parents and to reach the other administrators. to make it known that there is a gateway that has nothing to do with the games. It's really just that the games surround this area. So this is up to you, right? You want your program to be student-centric, based around students getting internships, connecting them to the companies in the space and competing. Well, then you can do that. If you want to make events, have a nice broadcast with your students, and as they compete, do that. If You simply want to focus on having the best players compete and coach them alongside other remote coaches. Go ahead and do that. However, you're not going to be able to do everything, right? Unless you have some help, unless your institution has capital, unless you just have like seven or eight student workers that work, right? Because... Uh, Usually, my experience, I'm not saying that student workers don't work. Any student workers here listening to this, please don't bash me. I'm just saying that there's always more that can be done, right? And usually, we want to give our student workers enough that they can handle without interfering with their studies. However, I've had student workers that are so passionate and they just come after class, you know, because they're dorming in the institution, so they have the time. They're like, what can I do? What can I help? You're going to be surprised at the passion these students have to see their program from their institution succeed. And if you get these, well, then you're really lucky. Then you can really push forward and try to get multiple things done. But I'm, I'm just saying, don't really depend on that. Try to build your culture, get your recruits, and just kind of start your program rolling. And you're, you're, you're going to see some success, right? So your main priority should be make your teams, you know, recruit some students, get your program rolling for the upcoming fiscal year and or upcoming semester, whichever one of your administrators are pushing for, right? There's something I always say, it's see what works for you. Twitter and tweet that. Stop doing what isn't working. I mean, that's a given. And focus on things that seem to your administrators is something that needs to be handled, right, as a matter of priority. Go from there. And things should go smoothly in your initiation. Now, I want to wrap this up here and let you all know that there will be more for sure coming your way. I know these segments are short, but I'm sure they're going to capture your attention. And if you want to jump into the podcast, see what's happening on my end of the esports spectrum here in Miami, Florida, beautiful Miami, Florida, be sure to check me out on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. As Esports Jerry in Miami. Also be sure to check out the EdUp Network family as we all try our best to, well, make education your business.